Hello, I'm Owen. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad you're listening. For more information on all that's going on at Wellspring, please visit www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. liberty that we have uh, because of Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, when you think about it, and you should think about it, we are uh, a very blessed people. I mean, we have, of all the people in human history that have something to be thankful for, we have the hope of eternal life through Jesus Christ, and then we have the freedom of this country to be able to live for him, to serve him, and, um, you know, we're blessed. We really are. We need to remember that and be thankful for that. All right. I was, I was, I was raised uh, to respect our flag. I was raised to love this country. I was raised to love uh, the Bible, respect the Bible, and to, to love Jesus Christ. That's how I was raised. That's how my parents raised me. I was homeschooled, so that probably answers some of the questions for some of you. Uh, okay, now this makes sense. I thought he was a little off. That's uh, starting to figure it out now. But in, our, in homeschool, in our elementary grades... Um, my sister's here. Her and I used to start our day. My parents would have us start our day with the pledges. And so we would start with, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Then we would take the Bible and we would say, I pledge allegiance to the Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its word in my heart that I might not sin against God. Then we would do another and our last pledge would be a pledge to the Christian flag. And it went like this. I pledge allegiance to the Christian flag, to the Savior for whose kingdom it stands. One Savior, crucified, 
risen and coming again with life and liberty to all who believe. <laughs> and that's what, the, that's what this morning's message is entitled. Life and liberty to all who believe. You know, I'm thankful for the liberties that we have in this country. I'm thankful for the freedoms that we have. And I do pray that God will preserve it. I do, I do believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back. I believe He's returning. But in my mind, I kind of want it both ways. I want us to continue to be free and have freedom until He comes back. <laughs> for myself and especially for my children. For the next generation, that they could be raised up in a country uh, that remains with freedom and liberty. For that next generation. And I think that we shouldn't just take it for granted. Can I say this? That freedom is not a guarantee. It's just not. I mean, we've had it, I've had it my whole life, but freedom is just not a guarantee. And I think it's such a blessing to be a citizen of the United States of America. But I also believe that it is a blessing to be a citizen of heaven. I mean, that's more important, right? You could be a citizen anywhere, or you could, be a, uh, you could actually be imprisoned anywhere. But if you have the hope of eternal life, you have the hope of that eternal liberty, really. The eternal freedom that comes from Jesus Christ. And so as I thought about liberty and I thought about life, I was thinking about the book of Galatians. So let's turn there this morning just for a little bit. Book of Galatians. You say, why Galatians? Well... Paul's writing this letter to a group of people, believers, that lived in an area, Galatia, that before they'd heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, before they'd heard of salvation by grace through faith, they were lost. They were in bondage. They were in sin. They were in paganism, barbarianism. They were uh, superstitious and superstition. They were lost. They were in bondage. I can't, can't, you know, I can't, uh, you know, I've, you know, we, again, going back to the, how blessed we are in this nation, just because we've had so much of God's word instilled into all that we have. I have been in villages in India where they have never heard the good news of Jesus Christ and the darkness, you can feel it and the bondage, you can feel it. It makes a big difference that we have the Word of God in this nation. And we have uh, Jesus Christ and the Gospel preached. But they didn't in Galatia before Paul came and they preached. And they heard the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and they were born again. And they were set free. And they began to grow in Christ. But as time went on, a sect of Judaizers, a group of people that came, Jewish Christians or non-Jewish uh, who regarded the uh, Levitical laws of the Old Testament that are still binding to our Christian faith, they began to put these practices in. They came to teach them that they needed to continue in all these things in order to be right with God, in order to continue to keep their salvation and all these, glor all these things. And, and this bothered Paul so much because 
It's by the grace of God that they were saved. And it was going to be by the grace of God that they were going to continue to walk with Him in in freedom and in liberty. And to go from one bondage of paganism and, 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 and all these other sins that will just put you in, in bondage to a different bondage of religion. Paul's like, why? Why would you go from this, receive the grace of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, and then over time begin to put yourself back under a bondage? Why would you do that? And so he writes this letter to them, and he is pretty passionate, pretty, uh, pretty serious letter that he writes to them about this. In Galatians chapter 1, in verse 3, the Bible says, Grace be unto you in peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins. Isn't that amazing? You believe that this morning? That Jesus Christ gave Himself for our sins. All of us who have sinned, and all have sinned, (laughs) and come short of the glory of God, that Christ gave Himself for your sin. The ones that you would be embarrassed to let anybody know about. The ones that you're so ashamed of. Christ gave Himself for our sins. That He might what? Deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. It is good to be able to come into God's house as Dan led us into some songs this morning, singing glory to God. You know why we sing glory to God? Because He gave Himself for our sins and delivered us from hell. He delivered us from ourselves. He delivered us from sin. In verse 6, he said, I marvel. Think about this. Think as Paul's writing this. Like, I, we would say, I'm amazed. I marvel that you're so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto a, another gospel, which is not another. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. He said, I am amazed that you would move away from the best. The best thing that could ever happen to us (laughs) is the grace of Jesus Christ. The gospel of salvation. That's the best thing that could ever happen to us. Again, I I don't, I don't, I'm proud, I'm, Thankful, I should say. I'm thankful to be an American. But the best thing about me is that I'm a Christian. The best thing about me is that I'm a Christian. That I'm a citizen of heaven. And that, that came completely by the grace of Jesus Christ. Completely by His grace that He saved us. And why in the world would I ever move away from that? Where would I move? You know? Which direction would I go? To a perverted gospel? To a a gospel that is away from Him and Him alone? Look at what he says in chapter 2 and verse 21. Just getting into the context of the purpose for the letter. In verse 21 he says, I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness came by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. 
You know, we sing about the freedom that we have because of the price that he paid. Let me say this. He had to die for us to be set free. He had to die for us to be set free. There was no other way. There was no other way for you and I to know. And this is not a hope so salvation. To be able to sit here uh, with humility and say, I know that I have eternal life. That when I die, then I know that I have eternal life. There was no other way to say that, to believe that, to know that without Christ dying. He goes on to say in verse chapter 3 of verse 1, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? That you should not obey the truth. <laughs> Isn't it crazy that the truth is the best thing out there? The, you know, it's not as if the lie was so much better. You know what the lie was? You got to work for it. You got to do all these sort of things. You have to put yourself back under the law. The, he, he said, he said who, who tricked you? Who bewitched you? That you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you. Received ye the Spirit by the works of the law? Or by the hearing of faith? Faith cometh by hearing, the Bible says, and hearing by the Word of God. Faith cometh by hearing. He says, are you so foolish? Verse 3. I mean, that's pretty harsh, isn't it? Paul, I mean, he called them foolish. Are you so foolish having begun in the Spirit? Are you now made perfect by the flesh? Paul asked the question, did you receive the Holy Spirit, the life-giving Spirit? Were you born again by doing enough good works, by doing enough good, by keeping the Old Testament law? Or was it by faith in Jesus Christ? It's in faith in Jesus Christ. Faith alone in Christ alone. Faith alone, in Christ alone. That's how you can know that you have eternal life. And some would say, well, that's too easy. That's too simple. Life and liberty to all who believe. But can I tell you, it, it's, it's, it's the only way. It is the only way. You know, the, for whatever reason, our tendency is over time to try to put ourselves back under some sort of customs. We just have that tendency. All of us. That's what happened to the, I don't know what, what it was, these barbarians. I kind of see them as, you know, you know, just pagans. And then they're born again. And then they somehow impressed, I think, this is what I believe in my mind. They're somehow impressed by these religious people coming from Jerusalem. And they're thinking, wow, wouldn't it be nice to be religious? Oh, no. I'd be honest with you. I don't want to be religious. It's so much better to have a relationship with Jesus Christ than to be religious. Although it looks nice at times and it looks pretty at times and sounds good at times, there's no true life that comes from just man-made religion, from customs and all these things. It has to come from the Spirit of God. Life comes from the Spirit of God. And the Spirit comes by faith in Jesus Christ. Plain and simple. You must believe that. Jesus Christ did not come to add customs or traditions. He came for one reason. He came to give life. 
He was clear about that. He was plain about that. He said, I am come that you might have life. And that you might have it more abundantly. I am come that you might have life. And that you might have it more abundantly. Look at verse 20 of chapter 2 in Galatians. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. Paul says this. And I hope you can say this this morning yourself. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. What a verse. Paul says, I live. By the way, Paul says, I live. I live because Christ who loved me gave himself for me. I'm alive, spiritually speaking. I'm living, spiritually speaking, because Christ lives. Because he lives, I live. Because he lives eternally, I will live eternally. Because he rose from the dead, I have the hope of the resurrection. The life that I now live. You know, this is, again, what Paul had to be thinking. Is, see, Paul was a Pharisee. Paul was zealous toward the traditions of his fathers. Paul, see, Paul was blameless, according to the Old Testament law. Blameless. And yet he was dead. Spiritually. That's what he says. And you, isn't that amazing? And then he looks over at this church. And they received life. And they received the Spirit. But they were bewitched. But they were tricked. But they were lied to. And told to be put under this other system. That then they would have somehow a closer walk with God or something like that. And Paul said, listen, I've already tried that. That's what God saved me from. Don't go that direction. Don't go that way. He says, the life that I now live. In other words, Paul says, I live a different life than what I used to live. I hope that's true about you and I. Now, you might not have changed drastically on the outside. But you, you've got to have changed drastically on the inside. I mean, if you were born again, if the third person of the Trinity lives inside of you, The life that you now live has to be different than the life that was before. The life that you now live must be for a different purpose, for a different... There must be a different uh, uh, goal. There must be a different everything. There really must be a different everything. Because the life that you now live, it's a new life. God saved us, delivered us. Why would we put ourselves back under... A yoke of bondage. What Paul calls beggarly elements. Just no, no purpose. No, no real power in all those things. Christ gives life. He gives freedom. <laughs> you know, I was born free. I was born free in this country. Like Paul. I was born free. But I also, like Paul, can, can agree with this verse. That I was born again free. I mean, that's a, we're blessed. I was born again, free, free in the Lord Jesus Christ because of Jesus 
Christ. He says in John 8, verse 36, If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. <laughs> no matter what, no matter what. There, look, the thing that we as humans seem to fear the most is death. And if death has no power on us, then we're free indeed. I mean, he can't get any more free than that. Who am freed from death? He took the sting out of death, as was sung about earlier. The Bible says, and you shall know the truth. And the what? The truth shall make you free. You know what the truth is? The wonderful grace of Jesus Christ. The wonderful, glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the truth. This is the truth that will make us free. You know, sometimes, again, there's a... There's an element of us as, as, uh, as believers that say, uh, we want to move away from the gospel, the simple gospel truth, the simple grace of Jesus Christ. And, and it would be easier to uh, legislate some things. You know what we lose when we do that? We lose the spirit. We lose the power. We lose the wonder of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. It frees us from sin. It frees us from ourselves. The Bible says in Romans chapter 3 and verse 24, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And then a few verses down from that in Romans 3 verse 28, He says, Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith Without the deeds of the law. You know, on this Independence Day, I'm thankful for our freedom of this country. I'm thankful for our independence. That you and I, we don't live under a foreign power. We could. There are people that do. But we're free. We're thankful for that. But on this Sunday morning, I think we should also remember... The freedom that came because Christ died for us. Salvation is free to all who believe. But as the song that was saying, it wasn't free in the sense of it was cheap. No, the highest price was paid for our freedom. The highest price. The price was so high that you and I couldn't pay it. That's the point. The price was so high that He had to pay it. The freedom that, was, that we have was paid for by the sinless Son of God. Gave Himself for you. For us. For our sin. For our shame. That we might stand before God. And I don't know if you ever thought about this. It's a good thing to think about. Is standing before God. The holy, righteous judge. And, and it brings uh, fear to my heart to think about standing before God, Him knowing everything that I've ever done or ever thought. But then to think that Jesus Christ took all of that so that I can stand before God justified. Just as if I'd never sinned. Righteous. The imputed righteousness of Christ. All because of His sacrifice for me. We are saved by faith in Jesus Christ alone. He lives in us. And by faith in Jesus Christ, we live our 
lives. This is how we're to continue. Look at verse 16 of Galatians chapter 2. Verse 16 of Galatians chapter 2. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be what? Justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall what? No flesh be justified. Justified by faith. Life and liberty to all who believe. He gives life to all who believe. But then he gives liberty to all who believe. Look at Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. This is why Paul is saying it. He's saying, hey, he's given you life through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he offers you liberty. But you can put yourself back under bondage. You can put yourself back under a heavy yoke. Why, why would you do that? That's what Paul's asking. Why would you do that? In Galatians 5 and verse 1, he says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. I'm reminded that his yoke is easy, and his burden is light. This chapter goes on to say that the law, circumcision, all these outward things that were done under the Old Testament law, they're not profitable to you. It is Christ in you and Christ through you that we live this Christian life. He says in verse 6 of chapter 5, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but here's here's the key, faith which worketh by love. Faith which worketh by love. And then Galatians 5 and verse 13. For brother, ye have been called unto what? Liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. See, you and I, we've been called to liberty. You say, what am I called to? Freedom. Free. You're called to liberty. And this is the application. This is the practical part of this uh, life of faith into the gospel of Jesus Christ. Into His grace. It's not, I don't become a legalist. I don't become uh, caught up in legalism. But by grace. Listen, we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And here's the human thinking. Is if we don't put a a list of rules and regulations, then people are just going to go nuts. I mean, they're just going to go crazy. You know, you got to keep them in line, right? You got to tell them what they can't do, or it's just we're going to, you know, lose control, right? That's probably true in most instances. But there's one thing that you're forgetting the third person in the Trinity that lives inside of them, the liberty that comes. Through the indwelling spirit. And can I say this? You know, people always talk about, oh, well, you know, this is a license to sin. No, no. It's a marriage license to Jesus Christ. This is what we're missing when we think about legalism. Let me ask you this question. Do you feel like a good parent 
if you don't break the law when it comes to your children. I mean, that's the standard. Like, if I just don't break the law, then I'm doing good. No way. You love your kids. You want to do far more than what the law requires. Would you agree with that? Would you say, man, we have a great marriage. I have not broken the law at all. Right? No. You got a little higher standard for that relationship. Would you agree with that than what the minimum of the, what the law is required? Am I making a point here? That it's not the, the law, is, it, should, it doesn't come into play when you enter into a loving relationship with Jesus Christ, the Savior. And the Holy Spirit begins to live inside of us. Can I say that the Holy Spirit will take us so much farther, so much higher, so much greater than what the law ever could? The Spirit will. And, it, and there's liberty to, in it too because you like it. You like, you know, religion doesn't become a noose around our neck, a have to, but a want to. I do this because I want to. I came to church this morning because I want to. I read the Bible because I want to. I do these things because I want to. Because God changed my heart. Because I'm not who I used to be. Because the life that I now live is different from that of before. To walk in the Spirit is liberty. To walk after the Spirit is liberty. He says in, in chapter 5, look at verse 16. Look at verse 16. That's what he's telling us here. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You say, what's it mean to walk in the Spirit? What would be the result of that? What would be the fruit of that? He says in verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace. Can I tell you something that the law can't do? The law can't legislate joy and peace. You cannot give enough rules to have the joy of the Lord in your heart. To have the peace of God in you that passes understanding. You know what that comes from? That comes from the Holy Spirit. Long-suffering, gentleness, Goodness, faith, meekness. Look at this. Against such, what? There is no law. Like, you can't get there from the law. You can't get there from here. Galatians, the church at Galatia, believers of Galatia. Do you want this in your life? Don't put yourself back under that yoke because you can't get there from here. You get there through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Through the indwelling Spirit. The Bible says now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Liberty. Liberty. He says in verse 25, you're in Galatians 5, verse 25. And they that are Christ, or nope, that's 24, verse 25. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. You say, hey, I want to be free. I want to be free. Surrender yourself to the Holy Spirit. Choose each day to say, God, fill me. Let, me. let me walk in your spirit. And you know what? The load will be lifted. I believe that. I believe you'll walk lighter. Yeah, you may, you know, the Holy Spirit may lead us into some tough places, into some temptations, into some troubles uh, to be tried, but the Holy Spirit will give us liberty and will give us these fruits that cannot come. 
by the law. They cannot come in those ways. As we close this morning, again, I've said this several times, but it's true. I am thankful for our country, and I am thankful for our independence, okay? But I want to declare to you this morning my dependence on God. My dependence on Christ. I am completely and totally dependent. We ask we're independent as a country. We're independent as a church. But listen, as a church, we are dependent on Christ and Christ alone. Listen, the hope of this country is in Christ. The hope of this country, and I believe this, is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not in a person, not in a plan, not in a program. Lord knows, not in politics. In Christ alone. We must be dependent upon Him. As our country looks to some of these things, like the Liberty Bell and the Statue of Liberty, and we're reminded that we are free and our freedom is dancing the song this morning. You and I remember the cross and what that stands for. You know, sometimes the enemy comes along and starts whispering in my ear and in our ear is, hey, you failed. You've messed up. You're guilty. You don't deserve. You don't this. You don't that. But you know what I can remind him of? I can remind him of the cross. You know what I can hide behind? You know what I rely upon? You know what I'm dependent upon today? Not just for my salvation. But since I've been saved. Today. I stand here today speaking the word of God. 100% reliant upon the cross of Jesus Christ. It covers my sin. It covers my shame. I can stand before God justified. Because of the cross. You can remind the enemy of that. I'm saved. I want to show you the cross of Jesus Christ that stands for my liberty. For my freedom. For my salvation. Christ died. And He took away our sin. You don't, have to, you don't have to live under the bondage of sin. You can be saved today. If you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior. Maybe you're here this morning and you somewhat understand what I'm talking about. About religion and trying to do it. And you may even thought, man, I, I just I can't do enough good. That's true. You can't do enough good to be in a right relationship with God. But you can, by faith, trust Jesus Christ. The gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ. And you may be here this morning. And say, I don't have His Spirit living inside of me. Would you today? Would you today? I'll give you that chance, that that invitation to receive Christ at the end of this. Uh, We're going to pray together. And if you've never received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, would you today? I'm not talking again about joining a religion, about doing these things. I'm talking about putting your faith in Christ. And then see what the Holy Spirit does as that relationship grows. See if, you're, if you don't say, the life that I now live, like Paul. Like it's not like it was before. Now I live it through Christ and in Christ and by Christ alone. For those that have been saved, it's possible like the church at Galilee. To be saved, but then go back to bondage. The bondage of sin. The bondage of self. 
The bondage of all the things that creep into our minds. The bondage of, like I talked about, just, just trying to do enough good to please God. You don't have to do that. You know what we can do? We can stand in the liberty to walk in the Holy Spirit, seeking Him each day. And as today, 4th of July, we take time, as we should, to celebrate the freedoms and liberties that we have as Americans. We should consider the freedom that we have as Christians. That we are free. That we're free from sin. We're free from the penalty of it because of Jesus Christ. And truly, if we walk in the Spirit, we're free from the power of it. You say, sin has a pull in my life. Yes, but the Holy Spirit, greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. That we can be free from even the power of sin, not just the penalty of it, through walking in the Spirit. Maybe you're a believer that needs to say, God, I want to walk daily in Your Spirit. I've allowed sin to creep in and put me back under bondage, but You died so that I could be free. Lord, help me to live in that. But maybe you're here this morning and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior. I would ask you to pray this prayer. God, I know I'm a sinner. Lord, I'm asking You to forgive me of my sins. To come into my heart. To save me. God, I'm putting my faith and trust in what You did for me on the cross. I'm asking You to come into my heart and to be Lord of my life. If you prayed that prayer, I'm not going to call you out, but just slip your hand up. I prayed that prayer to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. Slip your hand up. I I prayed that prayer to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the greatest decision that anyone could ever make. To know, to know that you have eternal life. To know that we've been set free from the penalty of sin. As we sing a song, let me just say this. Don't allow yourself to be put under bondage, under self, under sin, under religion. But to think, the Lord has set me free from all these things and given me liberty. He's given me liberty to be set free. And as, a, as a, maybe a citizen of this country, you think of the freedoms that we have, but also a citizen of heaven, we have so much to be thankful for.
Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website. Or write to us at 2094 East State Route 73, Waynesville, Ohio, 45068. And feel free to visit us if you're in the South Dayton, Ohio area.